Good morning. Something a little bit different today. As you can see, I'm in different situation, different setting. And the reason is, as most of you will know, that my father fell, uh, fractured his femur, has had pins and a plate put in it. He's doing all right. But that's meant I've come down to Kent, to my parents' home where I grew up, to help my mother out with a few things, and I'm still here. So, and I'm not sure if Penny and I will be able to be with you on Sunday. We're officially on holiday, but with my parents' situation, and uh, not knowing if we can connect on Wi-Fi, I don't know if we'll be with you. So I thought I'd record a sermon and not waste the opportunity of being here as I've been reflecting and thinking about my childhood and early uh, adult years and some of the lessons God's been t God taught me looking back. I thought I'd share those with you and see what you think. And so today we are going to be taking some lessons from the two most significant rooms in this house, my parents' house, where they moved in 45 years ago when I was 14, and life moved on. But here I am back where I was 45 years ago in my bedroom. And two rooms in this house are very significant to me. And the first is this room, my bedroom. This is the place where I studied for my exams, for O-levels, for A-levels, and much more. It's where I read spiritual books. I remember reading in particular a book about the, the development of Christianity in Cambodia as it was then and, the, and how, how amazing it was, how God moved during the time of the Khmer Rouge. And that inspired me. I read many other books here. At this very desk I'm sitting at, I did my Bible study. I was a man of faith and I read my Bible uh, pretty regularly. I still have my notes somewhere in a souvenir box of the Bible study notes of what I was doing for three years. I did a three-year program of studying through the Bible. I still have my notes somewhere. I did that at this desk right here, looking out at the, the view, which I'll show you. And also at this desk, I wrote my love letters to my girlfriend, Penny. Uh, they were um, they fortunately are hidden away and none of you will probably ever be allowed or should ever be allowed to see them. I think we do have them in a box somewhere in the house, but I'm not going to tell you where they are because, well, they were wholehearted, but they were, um, well, I was young, let's put it that way, and full of infatuation and genuine infatuation and love, I think, but, um, you know, not very well expressed a lot of the time. Nonetheless, as I sit here, I'm taken back to those days of first knowing Penny, us being boyfriend, girlfriend, sitting here, missing her as I was sitting here. She was a student in Birmingham and I, I just hated missing her. And so I wrote nice long letters full of bad poetry and all that kind of good thing or bad thing. And it just brings it back, that, that sense of outpouring and outpouring. And part of it was as I say, with my Bible study, it was spiritual. In other ways, it was, you know, that relationship outpouring of devotion for Penny and that feeling of the need for connection, a feeling of a need for connection with God and a feeling of a need for connection with, with Penny. And this place represents for me, at least amongst many other things, this place represents those two most significant relationships in my life the relationship with God that developed, at least in part, here, and the relationship with Penny that developed in many ways here. And so I thought I'd share with you some thoughts about devotion, about what God has taught me about devotion, what might be useful for us today, I hope. The first point is the desk of devotion. The desk of devotion. Now, the early church 
was characterized by devotion. We know that. Acts 2.42 says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the breaking of bread, uh, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. This is something that characterized the early church. Devotion to these four things. And any church that devotes themselves to these four things is not going to go far wrong. And I think historically, in our fellowship of churches and in Watford, I'd say that we have devoted ourselves to these, to the apostles' teaching, to, which effectively for us is the Bible itself, to fellowship, our loving relationships, to the breaking of bread, in other words, meeting together for hospitality as well as, I think, communion, and to prayer. I think we are a people who value these things. And this, of course, was modelled after the culture that Jesus developed in his lifetime, in his ministry years, the three years when he had his disciples, both the 12 and the larger group of 72 and the women that came with him. He developed a culture of devotion, a culture of devotion to God, a culture of learning, of learning about God, learning the, the meaning of his word. Of course, for them, the Old Testament, but the application of that to the current day when Jesus Messiah was with them, and then his reinterpretation or expansion on that in his own teachings, they were devoted and they walked together as Jesus taught partly through the way he lived and partly through his words, and they were devoted to prayer. Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Prayer was part of it. He taught them how to pray, Luke 11 and Matthew chapter 6. They were devoted to the fellowship. They were together all the time, of course. Hospitality was a big feature. Uh, Jesus himself was hospitable by feeding 4,000 and feeding 5,000. Of course, he was the host at the Last Supper. And, and people around him were hospitable. People like Levi, who invited Jesus into his home, or Zacchaeus, who did the same thing. Or we think of Mary and Martha and Lazarus, who often had Jesus into their home, it appears. So, so fellowship was a big part of it. Hospitality was a big part of it. All of these things were modelled by Jesus and they were then uh, picked up by and carried on by the early church. And so devotion, and this word devotion is something that characterises a real Christian. A real Christian is somebody who is devoted in this way. We see also in Colossians chapter 4 verse 2, Paul says, Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. Devotion to prayer, being watchful and thankful. Now, devotion is something that's very significant. And let me just say a couple of things about devotion. Firstly, the kind of devotion we're talking about here is not a rules-based devotion. It's not a burden, like, oh no, I must be devoted. The kind of devotion we're talking about is not one where we must um, do it or else. The kind of devotion we're talking about is that sense of excitement of there's more to discover. The reason I sat here and read my Bible all those years without someone available to really teach me, was I wanted to learn more. The reason I sat here for quite a long time writing love letters to Penny is not because someone was telling me I had to or that I should do, but because I really wanted to know her better. I wanted her to know me better. I wanted to strengthen our bond. I didn't want anybody else getting her. I wanted to have her for myself. And eventually we got married. So 35 years later, that's an excellent uh, uh, outcome. Um, but I, I, I wanted to keep her for myself. I wanted her. I wanted God. And I, I think this is the devotion we're talking about here. We are to be a people devoted to God because God has done so much for us. Why would we not want to know him better? 
He is so amazing, so awesome, so uh, creative, so powerful, so majestic, so mighty, so loving. Why would we not want to know him better? And so in, as we think about these things, let me just pause for a moment to ask a question. And then I'm going to ask the person running the service today just to pause this so we can have some discussion in the chat box or perhaps unmute ourselves and have a little discussion about what does it mean to be devoted in a way that isn't burdensome so that we have a devotion to the Bible, the Apostles' teaching, devotion to fellowship, devotion to the breaking of bread, devotion to prayer, not as tasks but as channels for the relationship with God to be more deep and real and for it to spread amongst ourselves and into this world. So what does it mean that it is real devotion but not a burden? How does that look? How does that feel? What does that mean? Let's talk about what devotion to God really means for a few moments. Well, I hope you had a really interesting and fruitful discussion. Now let's go to the second room where I'm going to show you, well, I'll show you in a minute. Come with me and let me show you the other room in this house, which is particularly significant to me. So let me take you downstairs out of my bedroom, walking out to onto the landing, down the stairs, which these days has a stair lift for my parents, and into, into the breakfast room, and then into the second most important room for me growing up in this house, the piano room. This is the piano at which I learned to play the piano, and it's the room in which I practiced singing and French horn as well. So here we are in the piano room of perseverance. We've been at the desk of devotion, now at the piano room of perseverance. What's this all about? Well, this is the room in which I learned to play the piano, and here is the piano. Still here, still in tune, remarkably, they keep it tuned. I spent many, many, many hours in here. As most of you know, I was a musician and I loved music. I sang from a very early age and I started to learn the piano and a few other instruments. And, and this, this room is a room I'm very familiar with. It's now been turned into a bit of a study room for my father, but the piano is still here. And every time I visit my parents' house, I have to come in here and I have to play this piano. It's just one of those things that has to be done every time I come. I have to tell you this, not all of my time in this room was very pleasant. I didn't enjoy being here when I was a teenager learning to play instruments. I had to persevere. In, uh, back in Acts chapter 2, we were talking about earlier, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. That word there is proskarterio, which means to persevere in. So when you're devoted to something, it means you're persevering in it. It means that you are sticking at it until you get to where you want to get to, where you need to get to. And sometimes when we persevere, perseverance isn't fun. So we've talked about devotion. Our devotion comes from the heart. But there are times when if we're going to be sincere about our devotion, we need to push through the barriers and continue to uh, be devoted even when we don't feel like it. And this room reminds me of the value of continuing with things that are good and constructive even when we don't feel like it. I did not come here in this room, into this room every time, excited to play the piano, or at least excited to practice the piano. I mean, scales. 
Is there anything more boring in the entire world? Or arpeggios? I mean, over and over, up and down, it, it drove me nuts, to be perfectly honest. But I knew that every week, Michael Lewis, my piano teacher, was coming to give me a lesson, and he would notice whether I had been practicing or not. And my parents, of course, could hear as well. And Michael Lewis was a wonderful chap. He's still alive, and he's, a, he's an amazing choir master and a piano teacher to me, a friend, really, as I was a young lad, a bit like an uncle. And he was wonderful, sitting in here, just the chair to my right here, while I played and practiced for half an hour or so, once a week. He'd join us for dinner afterwards, and he'd sit here slurping his tea, trying to put me off, I think. Uh, but I'm so grateful for him coming to teach me. But in between, I had to have my own motivation around practicing the piano, or my singing, or French horn, as I was also learning in this little room. Here are some things, the reasons why I did not enjoy it. Firstly, it was embarrassing because you can hear what's going on in this room. When I play the piano, everybody else in the house can hear. And when I made mistakes, when I uh, got things wrong, uh, it was exposed. My mum could hear, my dad could hear, my sister could hear, anybody else around could hear. They could hear when I was, uh, uh, I could hear my weaknesses in, in the way I played. They could hear my shortcomings as well as the mistakes. And I I found that very embarrassing. I tried to play as quietly as I could sometimes with the soft pedal on, you know. Uh, but still, uh, it, when we persevere, uh, the, one of the challenges about persevering is that, is that we stumble along the way and it becomes noticeable. But that's one part of it. And the other part of it was, the other part of it was the conditions weren't always very nice. So these days, there's a radiator in this room. Just over here on the wall on this side, there's a radiator. I mean, the world has gone soft because when I was practicing in here, there weren't no radiator. This room is, it's brick, single skin brick in an ancient old house on this side and this side. And that side, there wasn't any much heating either. This side is a, a lobby with no heating. So um, it was jolly cold in here. And I was practicing in here all through the winter where I was freezing, my fingers were freezing, there was condensation on the inside of the walls. It was, it was really awful and, and maybe that's first world problems because at least I had a piano, I understand, but it wasn't pleasant, I didn't enjoy it, it was, it was uh, uncomfortable and I longed to be out of here. But I knew this was the only way I was going to improve. If I really wanted to be a musician, I'm going to have to sing, I'm going to have to practice the French horn, I'm going to have to play this piano. And I think there's something here about being devoted that we need to, need to really grasp onto. Devotion isn't all about feeling. I talked earlier about being on the desk of devotion and my letters to Penny. That, that, they weren't hard, right? I had to write. They, were, they, they, they weren't hard to motivate myself. Uh, there was something very passionate there. It was an infatuation and it developed into a deep and genuine love. But this, like, we can't rely on the feelings. And I, I'm really grateful today that I can play the piano. I don't I play it brilliantly. I'm not a, a fabulous pianist, but I am able to use what I have to encourage other people by playing the piano at times. And I encourage myself uh, as I play the piano. I enjoy it. But that wouldn't have happened just by the piano being here in this room. It wouldn't have happened just because I had a desire, an interest. It only happened because I sat here on this 
piano stool at this piano for hours and hours, for days, weeks, months, years, practicing. There's something about this for you and I today that maybe we need to think a bit more about in terms of our closeness with God. God wants us to be close to him, and we surely fundamentally want to be close to him. But it doesn't come just because we, if we rely simply on the feeling of waiting until we feel we want to be close to him. Spiritual disciplines are really helpful for this. Do you want to get closer to God? Do you want to have a tighter kind of walk with him? Do you want to know of his presence, the power and the accompaniment of his Holy Spirit with you through the day? At work, at home, and other places? Do you want to sense his, uh, his love and his compassion and his mercy? Uh, then this is going to require some perseverance. So let's think about this as we wrap up. Um, two rooms in my house that mean a lot to me. The first is my bedroom, or if you like, the desk of devotion. And the second is this room where we are here at the piano, in the piano room of perseverance. I wonder for you and I today how we might grow in our devotion to God through the apostles' teaching, the fellowship, the breaking of bread and a prayer, how we might devote ourselves more perhaps to prayer, being watchful and thankful, Colossians 4, and how we might be more devoted to one another. It says in Romans chapter 12 and verse 10, be devoted to one another in love, honour one another above yourselves. Is this a good time during COVID-19, during our restrictions that we have? As I've been here, I've been reflecting, of course, uh, going somewhere different helps you to reflect. In what way might God be getting my attention on the issue of perseverance? In what way might God be getting my attention on the issue of devotion? Is there some area of your relationship with God or relationship with fellow believers where we could grow? in the area of devotion and employ deliberate perseverance to develop that, to become deeper. As a fellowship, I'm proud of the Watford Church. I'm proud of our devotion to God in the sense that I really appreciate the fact that we are devoted. I just wonder whether for myself and for all of us, we could grow in the areas of devotion to God, the apostles' teaching, breaking of bread, fellowship and prayer, devotion to one another, could we grow? What's God been saying to you? I would be really interested to find out. Let me know. So I'll leave you with a couple of questions. Firstly, what inspires you to be devoted? To be devoted to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. What inspires you? What, what helps you to desire it, to be devoted? And then secondly, in what areas might God be calling you to persevere more in? Is it in your own personal Bible studies? Is it in the area of fellowship? Is it in the area of breaking the bread and hospitality? Is it in the area of prayer? Or perhaps some other spiritual area that you can sense, you know, God has been calling you to persevere. Let's persevere because perseverance, when it's finished its work, it develops great character and gives us hope and faith. And we need a lot of that right now. Thanks so much. And thank you again for praying for my father and my mother. I'll keep you updated and I'm sure we will see you again soon. Take care and God bless.